So something I want to start off with. We've had some people that have come and they've said it's really noisy at the back. So this is a family church. We don't uh, get rid of all the children. We ask you to move forward if the children are bugging you at the back. It is better if you move forward. Please don't feel embarrassed. If you want to move, move. If there's no chair in front of you, pick the one up that you're sitting on, move it with you. Okay. Andre, you want to come and make your other announcement? So, um, there's something really exciting happening. No. Um, no pregnancies. Um, just something that came out this morning in prayer as we were praying just for unity in marriages was actually that the men would rise up, that the men would take their position of leader of the house and really move their family forward. So, there's an amazing opportunity for men to do that. We are starting tomorrow going to read the Bible. Um, we're going to do a reading plan of the New Testament over 90 days, which is really, it's like three small chapters a day. Um, so we are inviting all the men in the congregation to just chat to me, give me your number. We are going to do a little WhatsApp group every day, post the, the reading. And yeah, I really feel for all the men, if we can just commit to that five minutes a day of reading it. Um, I actually want to be bold and full of faith and say, in 90 days, your life will be different. Um, yeah. So I'm going to join so I can get through the Bible in 90 days, the New Testament. I've actually done that plan for, I don't know, 12 to 15 years now, every year. Sometimes I go through it twice. I go through the Old Testament once. And uh, we need to be reading the Word. We really do. Um, so last week we spoke about digging wells. And the week before we spoke about quiet times. Quiet times. Quiet times are part of digging wells. It's one of the ways that you dig your well. Is to spend time quietly with the Lord. So often when we go into a place of prayer, we just want to talk and tell the Lord what we want and tell Him what He has to give us and all those sort of things when actually we just need to be quiet. The Word says, be still and know that I am God. And there's been an, immense, an unbelievable amount of visitors just started to visit. And we saw this up in Benoni. The thing with visitors starting to come in is that you can find yourself in a place of disunity because people have all got their own ideas and they speak about this but not intentionally but we find ourselves in a place of no unity and so I want to use the same scripture that I used last week and we're going to have a look at that Genesis 26 and 14 to 22 he had so many flocks and herds talking about Isaac and servants that the Philistines envied him. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines f stopped them up, filling them with earth. I want to say to you today, is, has your well been filled with all sorts of junk? Then 
Amalek said to Isaac, move away from us. You have become too powerful for us. So for me, it doesn't make sense. If, if you're the one that's powerful, why do you have to move? And we're going to find ourselves in that place where we are the, the person that is successful or whatever, but God expects us to actually back down and move on. So Isaac moved away from there and, and camped in the valley of Geha. Afrikaans guy could say that for me. When he settled, Isaac opened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave them the same names his father had given them. So Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. But the herders of that Afrikaans with those of Isaac said, The water is ours. And so he named the well Isaac. Do you know what that word, that, that name actually means? Sometimes you must go and look at these names. It means to contend. To contend. Because they disputed with him. Then they dug another well, Isaac's servants, but they quarreled over that one also. So he named it Sitna. That means strife. He moved on from there and dug another well, and no one quarreled over it. He named it Rehoboth, saying, now the Lord has given us room and we will flourish in the Lord. Rehoboth means spacious. Psalm 18 says, we have a delightful inheritance. It is a spacious place. Your salvation is not a cramped uh, place. It's a place of space. And we need to learn to live in that. Some of us find ourselves thinking, this is the only way that I can live because I'm a Christian. No, God's will is not a tightrope. It's actually a garden. The garden does have boundaries, and we need to find those boundaries and stay within them. But inside that boundary, we can do as anything we like as long as we don't go over the boundaries. Paul writes in Galatians, it is freedom, it is for freedom that we have been set free. But you know what? Many of us find ourselves fighting the wrong battles. We find ourselves fighting the wrong battles. A lifestyle that models obedience is actually just as good as the word being preached, if not more powerful. When you're living what God has uh, put inside of you, you're living it out, it's a, it's a testimony to the power of Jesus Christ. You watch it, you, you go and read the Gospels and you'll see that Jesus taught continuously on character and lifestyle. And But we find ourselves fighting these unnecessary wars. I'm going to look at some of those wars. But if we looked at Isaac, when they came to contend, he just moved on. When he built another, dug another one and they came to fight, he just moved on. And we need to be like that. But we have this, how's it, Jared? And the lady next to you. 
Anna. You see, I got the, her name for all of you guys. Anna. Who else knew her name? Don't, don't get embarrassed, Anna. Just relax. It's just that Jared's like quite front-footed, so we want to be front-footed with him. And so we begin to fight things that come along in our life that are actually not there for us to fight. It's a lifestyle of obedience that actually pleases God. So let's look at this. The first battle. The first battle that is not ours to fight, but it is God's to fight. We need to get out of that place. You know, you, you walk, you're talking to someone and they blaspheme. Ooh, you get all, you know what, that's God's battle to fight. They will bring judgment on themselves. The next one is the battle that is facing us could be ours to actually fight. There are times when you have to fight. You have to say, devil, no further. I'm going to fight now. God has told me I need to fight. God has given us an inheritance to fight. To fight for, sorry. The third battle is that it's somebody else's battle to fight. Don't fight other people's battles. As elders, we often find ourselves getting caught up in this. Even, even in marriage counseling, you know what? We're there to help, but it's actually not our battle. We can help, but it's up to you what you do with the advice that we give. And so we must, as congroup leaders, when we, we say, hey, listen, uh, I missed you. Is there anything wrong? Can I come over and see you? And they say no. Then it's no. It's not your battle to fight. And so we need to become those people that are not fighting other people's battles. If they don't tell you, you si they're sick, then you don't have to help them and take food and... It's their battle to fight if they don't want you to help them. But this is the, the one that we need to watch out for. Maybe the battle is no one's. And it's just actually a distraction and we need to ignore it. We need to ignore it. Do you find it easy to ignore problems? I don't, and I find myself battling things that I don't need to battle. That's why this morning I said, hey guys, if it's noisy at the back, just move forward. And if you didn't move forward, then it's not my battle to say to you, hey, the children are noisy at the back. Okay, so there's a a list of scriptures. The one I'm going to look at, Nehemiah. Do you, who knows who Nehemiah is? No one. Well, that's not my battle. <laughs> Read your Bible. And you'll grow, grow, grow. That's what you used to sing in church. 
with the kids. So Nehemiah is rebuilding the walls around Jerusalem. But he's got this guy that's continually hassling him and trying to stop him from getting finished because they want to attack Jerusalem and actually take over the city. But they're just hassling them. So Nehemiah 6 and verse 2, it says, Sanballat and Jessam sent me this message. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. It's almost Uno. But they were scheming to harm me. So I sent messages to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Four times they sent me the same message and each time I gave them the same answer. Guys, when God has called you to do something, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. The example I'm going to use now, you're going to, oh, it's picking on me. Because you know what? When we stop building our walls or digging our wells, we as Christians, often res- it often results in uh, disunity, conflict. Like we saw with the wells getting dug. They, they shouldn't, they did the right thing. They didn't fight. They just moved on until they got to the place that God wanted them to be. And then they dug the hole that they wanted to be. And God says, that's a spacious place, a spacious place. But a lot of people are getting caught up and fighting the wrong battles. And this morning, what I'm going to talk about now If it affects you, just take it right between the eyes. Sit up and catch it over here. Matthew 18, 15 to 17. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. There's the key. Just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they won't listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. So the first thing here is that it says, just between the two of you. So if it's not your spouse, you shouldn't tell your spouse. Because you know what? Over the years, as I learned this thing with Patty, she would very quickly get offended on my behalf. Oh, they can't say, no, maybe they are right. But so I don't need to tell her, otherwise she is going to live in a place of offense. Just between the two of you, if I see something that I I feel, you might not be right, but you feel it's wrong, you need to go to that person. And hopefully after this message is preached, if somebody comes to you with an issue, there's not going to be the wrong reaction. You're going to work it out between the two of you. So yeah, we see it. there's a sin issue or there's an issue that's causing offense. But there's no leader involved yet. It just says you go. 
You don't have to have a leader with you when you go. You go. Young guys, I hope you're listening because this happens a lot at school. I remember when I was at school. Ah, so-and-so said. Hopefully, when you go to that person, between the two of you, you can actually resolve what you're speaking about. Because often there's just a, a misunderstanding or, or something that's uh, just not right. But if there's a sin issue, it needs to be sorted out. But not with a leader, just you and the person. Not with your wife or not with anyone else except you and that person. You go to them. But you know what? If you tell somebody else, normally that person is straight away going to pick up an offense. And then the person you're going to, when you tell them you've spoken to this person, they're going to pick up an offense, not on the issue that you're going to deal with, but on the issue of, why did you tell somebody else? My wife has preached many messages on gossip. Mark, have you got an offense? <laughs> While your ears are open to criticism and gossip, you cannot walk in relational integrity. Guys, you know what? You, you can be walking in this place. And then you put a CD on and you try and worship. I do not believe that the presence of God can come. You are in a place of sin. Sin in the Old Testament could not be tolerated in the Holy of Holies. The, the priest would have little bells around his uh, cloak, and if they heard the bells stop clinking, they actually had a rope around his leg that they'd pull him out, and he would be dead. Sin cannot be tolerated in the presence of God. And so when you have this, this thing of uh, no relational integrity... You cannot spend time in the presence of God. We need to, to see. And when somebody comes to you, don't let them talk to you. Say no. But you know what? If it comes, you need to say, come, we're going to that person now. Or you need to say, You've got two or three days and I'm going to phone that person and make sure that they have come to see you. It says get a witness. So often for us, a witness is just to get somebody that's on our side so that there's more of us than them. In a court of law, a witness is somebody that actually saw the event take place. Not somebody who heard about it or spoke about it or whatever the case may be. A witness 
needs to be a witness, a, a person who's actually been involved. And so we need to be aware of that. So we take this witness with us. There's still no leader involved unless the witness is a leader. There are times when people come to elders, and I would think deacons as well, and they actually don't know how to handle what I'm saying. That's why I'm, I'm teaching this morning. And they say, what must we do? And invariably the elders will say, come, let's go to that person. Because you can't short-circuit the process. This is what God has said. This is the way that we do it. So when this happens, when the witness comes and there's still no reconciliation, then the elders have to get together. They have to hear the whole story, and they have to make a call. I've never had to put someone out of the church yet. I'd, I wouldn't love to say that I have. <laughs> but it's like impressive. I've put people out of the church. I've never done that. Because we've always managed to resolve the problem before we get to that stage. You know what? Sometimes, even when you write, you just got to fold. Andrew Selly heads up Josh Jen. There have been times, I'm, I'm older than him, when, when we've spoken to him, and I'm right. I know I'm right. And I need to just fold for the sake of unity. And when I fold, I need to walk out of that place without stuff in my mind. I'm going to speak to Patty now, and I'm going to speak to Donnie, and I'm going to speak to everyone that will listen, and everyone's going to make Donnie into the, I mean, Andrew into the bad guy. But guys, if there was gossip, that is a sin issue too. And actually, it needs to be sorted out. If you have spoken to someone, that's a sin issue outside of what's happening. If somebody has spoken to you, that's a, when you give your ear, that's the same as opening your mouth and talking. It's gossip. And so we need to deal with these things. If, if, if somebody talks to you and you realize, oh, this is wrong, before they even go back to that person, you need to deal with this thing and say, hey, listen, what you did now was sin. You gossiped. You can't do that. Because as soon as we have this stuff happening in the body of Christ, we start to lose unity. And the word says that where there is God's unity, He commands His blessing, not just there is his blessing. It says he actually commands it in, in Psalm 133. You see, if, if we get involved in this stuff, we're not digging our wells because there's no presence of God. We're not building our walls so the enemy can come in. In those days, they built a wall around a city to keep the the baddies out, as my grandchild would say. 
Keep all the baddies on the outside because we build this wall on the inside. So if we don't build this wall and get it up, they can come in at any stage. So if we are getting involved with coming down off the wall to hear what they have to say and we're not building the wall, we could end up with people getting over our walls. And you, you know what the problem is? You're, you've personally got a wall. You've personally got a well. But then you've also got a, a local church wall and a local church well. And then you've actually got a translocal wall, 412, that we're a part of. And so the work that God has got destined for the nations begins to be affected. Guys, please. My, it's not an easy thing to preach this. I, it's more of a, like a, I love to preach and have fun. And, but this is needed because I believe that our congregation is moving into something that is beyond where we've been before. And so if we don't address these things, we'll start to lose people and People go all over the show. And instead of that, let's sort out if we have offenses. So that's that. This morning we're going to break bread. For me, it's one of the most critical things that happens in the body of Christ because we are told to do this. It says, proclaim the, the Lord's death by breaking bread. It's a prophetic statement of the fact that Jesus Christ came and he died and he rose again and he seated at the right hand of the Father. It's a prophetic statement. So I wonder if the worship guys could come up. I saw Michael on the drums. I got scared. First time Michael's been on the drums. Am I right? Yeah. Lane's away in Citrus or is he? He's away somewhere doing something. And so Luke is leading the meeting, so we needed a new drummer. This morning as we break bread, guys, I want to say to you, if you have an issue with somebody... And I'm not only talking about, yeah, in this church, but I'm talking about your mother or your father or whatever the case may be. This morning, you come before God and you say, Lord, I repent. I'm going to change my ways. I'm no longer going to do this. And when you leave here, you actually need to go to that person and actually say, hey, listen, I had something against you. It's now resolved. And I'm trusting God for better things. If there's somebody here, and please, I remember once in Benoni that I preached a similar, I preached a similar message. I said, if there's somebody that you offended with, please go to them. It was like a cue by me. When you lead the church, you offend people without even knowing that you've done it. 
But you know what? My heart's open. I want us to walk in a place of unity. I want us to walk in that place. So this morning, as we, we break bread together, let's examine our hearts and allow the Lord to speak to us. Sorry, just to, to cut in quickly, the children are going to come in because I've said to Leon, the, the children can break bread with us, um, but please don't allow your children to start drinking coffee. Keep that till afterwards. So just get your child with you and let's proclaim the... Revelyn just said everything that I was going to say about communion. Thanks. <laughs> but one, uh, one other thing that Jesus, um, that Jesus said about, um, about unity, he prayed, um, he prayed this prayer in John, John 17, I pray is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. So it's not just a case of, I mean, it's not just for us to be in unity so that God can command his blessing. Yes, that is going to happen. But it's also so that people out there, um, people that, aren't saved, people that aren't in church, they will see that Jesus came to save us. So beyond just us being in unity, it's for them to see that we are in unity. Um, and then 1 Corinthians 11. So as Roland um, said earlier, like, search your heart now. Just like, sit quietly for a couple of seconds and just think about, think about whether you've been in disunity with someone. Whether it be in the church, whether it be one of your leaders. Just like, search your heart now um, and see if there's anything inside you that you maybe need to repent of. And then just spend a minute doing that. And if it's one of those things where you need to come and speak to the person after church, Please, please, please go and do that. Okay? Um, super, super, super important. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me and we do that like Roland said so that we remember what Jesus did on the cross so every time we do that it's basically us celebrating that Jesus died for us that we are saved through through what Jesus did on the cross he saved us from eternal death um yeah father so as we just prepare to to take the your 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 body and your blood, Father, um, 
we just want to come and say sorry, Father, for, for any times we've been dis- in disunity with any of our brothers or sisters in Christ, um, whether, we've, whether it's been about an argument, or d- it doesn't really matter, Father. We just want to come and say sorry. We want to come before you and just repent of that, Lord. Has everybody got, sorry, yes. Has everybody received bread and juice? I almost said wine. It's not wine. Juice. Have you not? Are you lying? (laughs) Has everybody received? If you haven't um, taken your bread and your, and your juice real quick, um, and if you're with your family, don't you guys want to pray together um, and then proceed in doing that? And if you have already, that's also cool. Parents, if your kids don't quite understand what is happening right now, please explain to them on your drive home or now. Thanks. And so we've come to the time where we're going to worship God together. So 
Let's all stand. If you want to come to the front, please do so. I'll move this thing out the way to create more space. And if you want to move out from behind your chair, also just find a space and let's worship God together. Amen.